Hello again, I'm Mary Parker, and welcome to this episode of Eureka's Sounds of Science. We spoke with Rachel Tapp, Senior Study Director of Neurobehavioral Sciences at Charles Rivers Matawan, Michigan site. Rachel is working towards her PhD at Western Michigan University, where she is focusing on inner ear biology. Her expertise at Charles River is the possible ototoxicity of new drugs, meaning the possible harmful side effects of drugs on the tissues of the inner ear. Assessing ototoxicity is very important in drug development to have a good understanding of the safety of your test material or compound when you're administering to the ear specifically. It's important that we understand if a compound uh, may cause ototoxicity so that we can try to mediate that by reducing the dose levels or finding an alternate treatment therapy that would not cause adverse changes in hearing or vestibular function. The harmful effects of ototoxicity can range from tinnitus to hearing loss, and these effects can sometimes be permanent. Despite the dangers to patients, Rachel argues that the FDA does not have sufficient regulations to prevent ototoxic drugs from going to market. The regulatory guidelines are quite murky around auditory safety. There is a guidance that's been issued for the alternate routes of administration for compounds that are either being repurposed or intended for administration into other areas of the body. The problematic parts are the evaluations of the tissue and the assessment for hearing is not easily added to a standard tox protocol or profile study. So you end up having to add additional cohorts to get those endpoints or you just end up looking at a separate standalone study Based on our own inquiries, Rachel thinks that the FDA will let industries guide future additions and modifications to ototoxicity testing. She believes that this gives Charles River the opportunity to drive the industry towards stricter testing standards. So in, in, in my professional opinion, looking at the drug developers, um, I want to emphasize that they understand the class of compound that they're working on and the potential for risk. There are many classifications that are I think easy to find on Google um, that help to define where you potentially could have an ototoxicant. And in those cases, at least entertain the idea that maybe it's something you should be testing for. Rachel mentioned that in the past, some drugs have been found to have ototoxic effects only after they were put on the market. In some of these cases, like with the antibacterial aminoglycosides, the drug was the only option to treat a life-threatening condition. If a new drug were to enter the market with unknown ototoxic effects that could have been prevented, drug companies could open themselves up to being liable to those patients. For now, she recommends that patients consult their doctors if they are worried about possible ototoxic side effects from any new treatments. If they do experience any hearing loss, they should not only consult their doctor, but also find out how to report their symptoms to the manufacturer. I think that's one of the things that is kind of overlooked a lot of times when you have an adverse change from a compound. The opportunity is there to provide that detail to the agency and to the supplier and manufacturer of these types of drugs so that they can look into these things. When you hit larger populations of people, when you do when things go to market, 
you may find out things that you just had no clue were going to happen. So it's important that we do give that feedback as we're going. Thank you for listening to this episode of Eureka's Sounds of Science.